Hello, I'm RPG podcasting celebrity James Intracasa. As you know, my life is awesome. My gaming collection is filled with out-of-print goodies no one else can seem to get their hands on. I have plenty of free time to record podcasts, write blog posts, play games, and hunt the most dangerous game. I have tons of extra cash, which is evident in my caviar-filled swimming pool for the guest house of my third home in the Swiss Alps. And my mother is proud of me because I managed to do all this while supporting small businesses. My secret? Noblenight.com, a brick-and-mortar game store that has a great online presence. So I feel good shopping there, but I can buy anything, anytime, just by walking to my computer. I don't even need to put on my gold-plated pants. At Noble Knight, they have new and out-of-print products at a discounted price to give me more cash for reckless celebrity activities like bear shaving. And Noble Knight will buy back the old products I'm not using anymore, which funds my tiger shaving. So, if you want more money, more free time, a better game collection, and a better you, Check out NobleKnight.com, where Out of Print is available again. And tell them Big Jimmy from the Tome Show sent you. Hello there, and welcome back to D&D V&G. Hooray! Only Yay. monthly, but late this month podcast about Dungeons & Dragons video games. Joining me, as always, is my panel. Say your name, panel. Alex. Gregory. Vegas. Vegas. Charmander. Yeah. No, no Charmander. This month, we are talking about Sword Coast Legends. Our full feedback and thoughts on the final release that came out October 22nd? It came out late October, and since then there have been community patches, so there have been additional things added to. Vegas, why don't you tell us what Sword Coast Legends is, and then Alex can tell us what community patch 1 and 2 mean for the game. Sword Coast Legends is a four-party member, D&D-based kind of hack-and-slash computer RPG with many multiplayer options. Uh, in addition to a single-player campaign mode. Where is it yeah. set? In Sword Coast, uh, in Forgotten Realms, which is the campaign setting and locale that uh, Wizards of the Coast is pushing really hard right now. But not the official campaign setting. The official setting is the multiverse. But Forgotten Realms is very important within the multiverse. But anyway, Alex... Yeah. What what about Iron Realms makes a lot of money, guys. Yes, exactly. Gotta get that Drist stuff. Uh Alex, what are community patch one and two and what can we expect from Uh so community pack one and two. Uh the oh, first sorry. one was released a few weeks after full game release in November, which allowed a little more customization for player characters, uh unlock some more formally companion specific skill trees for classes. Uh, it also added uh, an ability respec, which is kind of baseline for all RPGs now. So you can make up for your uh, terrible build that you made of your ranger and realize that bows are king, uh, and along with some other quality of life changes. Uh, Community Pack 2 added a extra race, a new looting option, 
which was a big complaint from us in the beta build, uh, allowing for every player in a multiplayer game to have their own unique individual loot, so it is not so much of a race to, to get the slain monsters goodies. Greg, who, what is this game? What is this Sword Coast Legends? <laughs> who made this? So Sword Coast Legends is, I'd say, the biggest release thus far from a studio called Endspace. They've done lots of uh, contract work and uh, I guess subcontracting work, maybe is a better way to say it, for tons of big games out in the industry, lots of big properties, but this is a big one they put out all by themselves and was originally scheduled to come out a little earlier than it did. Got pushed back twice, but only announced this this year and released in the same year. So hey, props for that. Who okay? Who was the big name working on it from past oh. RPGs? So I guess um, side note, is it Tudge or Tudge? I don't know. So just say one. Tudge Dan Tudge Tudge. So Dan Tudge is one of the big names on this project. He's coming from uh, Dragon Age Origins. Fame. There's also some other big names like uh, Inanzer, who I might be pronouncing that correctly or not, who also did the music on Dragon Age Origins and Fallout 3. So there's a, there's a couple big ones in there, but I'd say Dan Touch is probably the, the biggest name on the project. Definitely industry and within the genre of veterans who've worked on big name projects. So uh, this game had big name expectations. It had a lot of hype behind it. I personally received... A press build, which was very exciting and somewhat confusing. You're doing it, Rudy. I'm. I'm. So proud I'm. I checked that off the list. Paid video game journalist thing, or free copy. And I paid for that copy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we all did too. One thing I did want to point out is that in the email that came with the build, they specifically discuss two things. One, that one of the goals for this game was that it would feel like a live dungeon master was creating and hosting an adventure for players, and two, that the gameplay and sensibilities are very similar to that of, or I'll, I'll use specific wording here, that they hearken back to the games like Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, and Neverwinter Nights. Gentlemen, do you think that they achieved these goals? Vegas. No. <laughs> sorry sorry end space uh it was um didn't feel like a live pen and paper game at all uh and i don't blame you for that it's a video game but definitely didn't achieve that goal and it didn't feel like a uh genre defining classic game that people will look back on fondly in 15 years sorry again end space Alex, what do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely, I know. The first part of that goal, I feel like they're not even close to even... It feels unfinished, the entire uh, multiplayer experience. Uh, Watch these community packs that they are putting out. Every time they release it are getting them one step closer, but it feels like maybe they released uh, ten steps too early. So... That's disappointing because, you know, maybe in a year or two years down the line, it will actually meet that goal number one. Goal number two with the full released campaign, nowhere close to those classics they just listed. Does a great job of making me want to play those, though. (laughs) 
Greg, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, as far as, as those two stated goals go, I wasn't feeling it. Definitely not the pen and paper experience sitting at a table. I think as far as that goes, if I had to pick a computer game to play for the pen and paper experience, I might rather do the VR one. I don't know. At least then I'm, I really feel like I'm at the table. But uh, I feel like it's unfortunate that they compared themselves to some of those games, especially Neverwinter Nights, because I don't feel like this is a bad game, but they set the bar maybe a little too high with those statements. Yeah, I have to agree. You're setting yourself up for failure because, one, those are great games, and they they always will be remembered as such. But, two, there's a nostalgia factor to those games that you're yeah. not going to be able to hit. Um Ever. You, can't, you can't like design around that because it's it's also not reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? People say Baldur's Gate and they say Neverwinter Nights and they don't see those games necessarily for what they actually were. Yeah. They see them for what they remember that they were. And that's a rough comparison to make. It truly is. So it the game didn't hit those two goals. So what is it? What do we have here? We have a game that supposedly was based off of 5th edition rules. Now, would you guys say that you can see 5th edition as you play this game? Uh, I mean, did they ever really state? I don't know if they stated anywhere specifically it was going to be uh, off 5th edition. I'm yeah, almost I'm positive sure they did. Yeah. Did they? I mean, okay. Well, recreation. I mean, I just remember reading some stuff about how they were like going for their own thing. They I said they were going to take Fifth Edition's rule set like as inspiration for what they're yeah. doing. So yeah, and I always felt like it was kind of clear through interviews that they were going to take inspiration, but at the end of the day, they were going to do their own video game combat. Like they weren't going to make a pen and paper direct translation uh to two games when they said uh taking inspiration from fifth edition did they mean to say taking inspiration from dragon age origins <laughs> or fourth edition would be even better yeah you're right yeah, yeah you're right yeah the... they... i would love a fourth edition game <laughs> uh never went to mmo is the closest fourth edition mmo version i've ever seen yeah that's that's it uh but yeah, this is the, that's the perfect comp- I've been saying this since I first touched this game, but Dragon Age is the perfect comparison. The way your characters gain skills through the talent trees, the way your characters have the cooldowns, um it's almost exactly alike. And uh the the skill system from Dungeons and Dragons is completely thrown to the side. This is a combat focused game. Period. Every single dungeon you're going through is going to have dozens of enemies to fight. And the issue is, it's not particularly interesting to do it. What do you guys think? Do you agree? Yeah. Combat stinks. It's so boring. I hate it. I don't know. I hate everything about it. <laughs> wow. That's, that's strong. I would say... I don't know. Maybe um, I think I don't expect a lot out of combat from most RPGs. Like for me, when I think about like gratifying combat, I think about games like Final Fantasy Tactics. Really, any game 
in the that whole tactic series, stuff like that. Even something like um, Blackguards, which if you haven't played, just check it out. It's really good. Um, where it's all turn-based, it's very specifically tactically laid out with the different skills and abilities. Something like um, what was the latest Divinity called? Uh, Original Sin, I believe. Thank you, thank you. Divinity Original Sin, yes. Um, where you've got all these crazy tactical abilities and they build off each other. Those to me are crazy tactical satisfying combats. When I look at other stuff, a lot of times even Neverwinter, like the combat in Neverwinter wasn't great, but to me it's a means to an end of scratching that leveling RPG itch. So I don't know, maybe I wasn't expecting as much out of Sword Coast Legends, but then I think they did kind of bill it as like, you know, tactical not turn-based though real time like exciting and yeah i guess it wasn't really super exciting in that regard uh i'm gonna jump on the really didn't like it bandwagon so initially when i played it i wasn't like i actually didn't mind it that much um yeah like if you take away all the stuff they said about what it was gonna be and just kind of look at it like it's not it's not a bad action RPG game, you know, it, it has hot bars, it has cooldowns, it it does its kind of action-y RPG things, sort of. Yeah, but I feel like that's all it has. It has, like, it's not complicated at all. So, they remove the entire resource system, nobody has mana, the only, you know, governing, uh, you know, issue between using all your abilities is just cooldown, which... At first, I didn't mind that much, but I think the game really kind of falls apart as you get into higher levels, and it's just, there's so much, like, ability bloat in this game. I had a character that had, I, my cleric had three single target heals, which basically did the exact same thing. They were just slightly different cooldown times, and uh, it's just so boring. And, like, I have a bar and a half for four different characters of, you know, pretty much uninteresting abilities. And I just, I lost all desire to really micromanage, which to me is, like, I've never felt so uninterested in combat before. So let me, let me ask you then, based off what Alex is saying, did you guys actually manage your whole party, or just your main character? Just my, just my healer, which was my main character. Everyone else was doing, I don't know, magic whatever missile AI or sleep stuff. or necromatic yeah. touch or whatever. I don't my know. management turned into alternate which character is using Hunter's Mark. <laughs> Hunter's Mark is the best ability in this game, and it turns... Uh, really long fights into much quicker hmm. experiences. So I ran a I ran a party with three characters with the Hunter's Mark, which is a <laughs> I think a seventy five percent damage increase yeah. uh, to one target at a time. That's crazy. Uh, I just liked controlling one character at a time, which is funny. I remember when we were playing multiplayer, uh, we were talking like, well. Uh, combat's kind of boring, but maybe it'll be more exciting and tactical when you're controlling the full party. I do remember you guys all saying that. It's true. Uh, but in the single-player campaign, I felt like I was controlling my one character, and my AI party would just charge at enemies and do their thing, and it didn't really matter whether I participated in combat or not in most cases. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I wanted to say, to your point about Hunter's Mark, you know, if you don't have Hunter's Mark... You're just hitting sacks of HP, I feel like. A lot of there's no real challenge to fighting the enemies, but they all seem to have a lot of HP and it takes a while to kill dudes. Yeah, I mean the biggest challenge is if you accidentally, I feel like, aggro multiple rooms and are completely swamped. 
but a lot of the fights are, yeah, they're just... Cause, because there's no cooldowns and you have so many abilities and so much healing available to you, they're all, and potions, all that stuff, it's just like just a very long battle of attrition that you seem to always be on come out on top for now i do know one of the other things they added is they made stabilize take longer right because if your characters go down they are not dead 50 percent longer even 50 that was one of the most hilarious moments <laughs> of when rudy and i played co-op campaign drop in after after the game came out officially after the head start and everything hilariously running around from the giant mob that got stuck on things and then just stabilizing everyone. I don't think an extra time added would have made that harder. And I don't really know if it would have mattered at all, really. But, I don't know, maybe unintentionally hilarious. It's not really what they're <laughs> was, going for, but I, I had fun. I yeah, well, I, I kind of have issue with the whole stabilized system to begin with, though, because um, one of the things that I recall about Baldur's Gate and also... I, bleh, and Icewind Dale and stuff like that. And one of the things that made it more tactical was death was terrifying. If you're one of your characters died, that's like a lot of money to resurrect them, or they could be exploded in dead for good. And that made every single fight, uh, at least with anything that's more difficult to fight, possibly a, a terrifying, deadly encounter. And the fact yeah. that you can just... Oh, so and so went down. I'll just bring him up when the fight's over. Means or that it doesn't matter. It's yeah, or in that. the middle of a fight. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, I was just saying. Yeah, you're right. Like in the middle of the fight, which is exactly what Rudy and I did. Oh crap! Uh, I went down. The companion went down. We'll just run around the stairs and go back and fix him. Death had no meaning in this game whatsoever, other than a than a real world time tax after the battle was over to yeah. lay down all your healing cooldowns. Yeah, I mean the fifty percent. Uh, I do think does make a difference because you can also you can be in the middle interrupted of combat. in yeah. the middle of combat. You can be interrupted now while you're doing it, so it's a little bit harder. Um, but yeah, I mean, to go on Rudy's Baldur's Gate point, when you lose a character in this, you just bring them right back up. Like in Baldur's Gate, when you lost a character, that suddenly made like if you're in the middle of a dungeon, now every you're doing the rest of the dungeon one man down. So that always was another thing you really had. Maybe you want to reload the game. Uh, there is not much consequence of death which is to be fair that's kind Isn't of a very common standard way. yeah it's like a modern yeah thing, I guess. it's been pretty standard now with uh, rpgs i mean even even yeah. fallout 4 went ahead and said you know what if you lose your companion you're just gonna reload anyway so we're gonna save you the trouble of that loop by making all of your companions invincible right i mean that's i'm not gonna fault them for making death not matter here it's just kind of weird in a D D game but, yeah. but I mean that's that's pretty par for the course I think at this point. Yeah. And by the way, they need uh, your companions to be awake all the time because they hate changing dialogue options in any form, uh, as far as the voice acting goes. Yeah, we were. Even if your companions are asleep, they'll still say what they were planning on saying. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, they give you almost immediately... What are they called again? Sending stones? Sending stones. Sending stones. Yeah. And that's kind of like the walkie-talkies that everybody has. And uh, they're not just walkie-talkies, but they must have little cameras in them, too. Because <laughs> um, you'll be doing things, and characters will be giving you instructions on where to place items. And uh, sometimes they'll even say, okay, now all we have to do, and I will do it, 
is do the ritual or whatever and it's it's just kind of like oh come on this just have one of the other voice actors say this guys or make it so they have to bring that specific character if he's that important to the quest that would make more sense yeah Yeah. and that's that's a fun uh thing i think in other rpgs of this kind like oh i have to bring this guy on this quest because it's their special quest Mm -hmm. well i was gonna say that that i didn't like the sending stones at all it felt super artificial to me um i wonder though okay so we're saying like oh you know it's frustrating because they're not changing up the dialogue you know it's just the same whatever but is it replayable enough that you would actually want to go through to find those other like encounters and stuff because maybe it's not and maybe that's like maybe that doesn't matter then yeah i mean it definitely didn't come off as something i'd want to replay but i mean maybe that extends back to the point they made in their email like i think everyone expected this to be replayable or at least have more variety in its uh, rpg elements which definitely seem lacking. But maybe that's what the multiplayer in the dungeon delves are for. My point was that I thought it was lazy to not um, have the to to use these stupid walkie-talkie yeah. things for. Yeah, like, it's kind of a cop out. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Uh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Communicating is a hassle in D and D. Typically, you mentioned earlier, Greg, um, how much you love Final Fantasy Tactics and those kind of games, and I do. Uh, and I kept thinking during this game, man, I wish this was turn-based tactical combat, and I could just yeah. control all of my party members in a turn-based manner. Uh, I think I would have enjoyed that so much more. I know why they didn't do it. I think they didn't think that would have worked very well in the multiplayer. Barrier. Yeah, uh, oh, and yeah, they really wanted multiplayer to be a focus. But yeah, that was one of the big selling points, was the multiplayer, right? Not just the multiplayer, this sandbox idea that you could have a, a DM player and build campaigns. I think that was supposed to be a really cool feature, and I'm sure we'll get to talking about how it's not. Um, but that, uh, I think, was the plan, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they do have the pause system in it. I mean, I love turn-based tactical RPGs, yeah. but I also love, you know... The real-time turn... I think real-time turn-based is what they call these. <laughs> I, think, I think something along those lines. Yeah, because I... I mean, Baldur's Gate was one of my first big RPG experiences. And, jammy jam. I mean, like I said, I've played Dragon... I've played the Dragon Age games of Pillars of Eternity, which I really love. The big difference between this one and those, not counting the latest Dragon Age, is, like, I actually needed the pause key. In this game, I really did not care to use it, like, at all. I felt like the combat was just so simple and there was so much like at first I was using it and trying to micromanage everything but eventually it kind of I kind of came to the realization that yeah the heels can probably hand them the, handle themselves because just toss them out whenever they're available and all I really need is hunter's mark like nothing yeah, but, else matters but what what difficulty did you play on I played on normal Okay uh I mean did you guys play you all played normal I assume Yeah I played on normal I did one thing that I really would have loved that they put in would have been maybe like attacks of opportunity, which <laughs> it's just something that made it feel like positioning mattered more. Says the four E fan. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a huge I part mean, of these games. To have like, a front line that actually matters makes a difference. I, I only I only you because you know it's a game. This is you know this is not theater of the mind. I see all my people, so that stuff should matter. Yes, I just but I think I think the other thing too is that like even the games you described, um, a couple of them like Neverwinter, Baldur's Gate, those were those I think were actually real time turn based. I think this game was just real time. Like, I don't think it, it didn't seem like it was round based to me. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't one round goes and everyone gets an action. It seemed like it was based on on actual timing. I could be wrong here, but that was the impression I got. Yeah, it felt more like the way an MMO would play to me. It's not like Diablo it's where a... clicking is a swing yeah. of your sword. Yeah, I mean, like, speed of attacks is still determined. Bye. It's just the rounds, I think, are just significantly quicker. Like, a round in Baldur's Gate with six seconds. And there are modifiers just... based on special items you might have that speed up yeah. the way you attack or whatever. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot quicker to the point where it's, oh, yeah, you're right. It's almost, feels like it's real time. But, yeah, just tactically, it felt like it was lacking from a lot of other games in this genre. And, honestly, I think a big problem, like, if this was the first game to come out, real-time tournament's game to come out since Ball whatever the last one was, Neverwinter Nights, I think this would have had a lot more people liking it, but the fact that it's coming out so recently since Dragon Age and uh, Pillars of Eternity, it's just, there's more stuff, more modern stuff to compare it to, and I think it, it shows that it's, it's lacking in tactical depth. Let's talk about the single-player game itself, then, and the story of it, in uh, the questing system and the conversation... Again, this is one of the things that people loved about Baldur's Gate, and Baldur's Gate 2 especially, is the open-endedness of it, the quests, the uh, side quests, all the different things you could do. A lot of them certainly were, you know, the postal carrier type things. Oh, yeah. Because this was, you know, that was when the genre release was first starting. But now, you know, we think we've come further. What did you guys think of the quests in the story? Uh, I really hated talking to people <laughs> because I had, I had a few different kind of ui gripes with this game and the extra i don't know two or three seconds it took to fade to black and go into the conversation mode and then yes talk yes and then fade back to black again and come back up to the top it's a minor thing but you do it so often it was really frustrating, and I feel like it's such a nitpicky thing to say, but there were so many little bits about the UI that I don't know. It's just like that was the the straw on the camel's back, so to speak. But I mean, the questing system overall, you know, you get a quest, you get your your map comes up. That stuff was fine. All the typical marker stuff was there that I would expect it to be. You know, switching between quests to see what was active was very easy. That's fine. I didn't have an issue with that. It was more just like getting the quests and talking to people was really frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that's actually definitely a good point. I didn't even think about it, Craig. And the fact that it happens with every conversation is definitely an annoyance. I got to say, though, yeah, a lot of times uh, the quests are so very generic. It made me really think of like an MMO and that a lot of times it's just like straight up, go do this. And there's not much option in uh, what how you can actually handle the quest, uh, what options you can, uh, you know, reply to the the quest giver with. Besides, like, no, I don't want to, and maybe maybe there's some sort of variety in uh, how your character acts, but usually it's maybe one or two choices. So, 
quests definitely were not that impressive. None of the quests I really ran into outside of the, the main line were that like in-depth and felt much more than a, a boring side quest. And the fact that you start the game and you literally run down the street and there's like four characters lined up next to each other all with little quest markers above their head i think that was like the worst impression to start this game with <laughs> i absolutely yeah. agree and like the quests are go find my missing cow or whatever yeah it's like find my missing cow yeah, like dude, my there's a horse come on guys find a horse so, oh, like uh, collect some plants for me i think was one of them it's so it's, it's very like, mmo on, you're it's collect candles from the goblins or whatever like wow yeah, and it's funny, that's if you're trying to evoke what's exciting about a pen and paper game um, or, or a tabletop game, it's, you know, making decisions and moral mm -hmm. choices and things like that, and it didn't feel like that at all. No. Yeah, if they scrapped all these side quests, you know, or maybe like took away 80% of them and just made a couple memorable ones that you could solve in multiple ways based on how you're playing your character, that would like stick with me so much more. Instead of having to find a deed for someone's house, that or someone who's looking for a house, or some <laughs> crap like that. Yeah. 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 Okay, how about yeah. the overall story? It's kind of like, you know, your character is part of this special group that is going to have to save the world, essentially, from a demon that's going to take over. And this kind of comes, you know, via clues and, that you kind of learn. You, you continually have these nightmare sequences, these dream sequences where fallen friends talk to you. And did, did that guy, did that work for anyone? I mean, uh, did, did that feel cliche at all? Or did that feel I, original? I liked the part where your dead friends talk to you. I liked that a lot, actually. Um, it's like, oh man, that's that's messed up. So, I don't know. The whole... I'm pretty sure I've never played an RPG <laughs> where you weren't. Oh, okay. The there was more to that? Okay. Somehow. Yeah, I've just never played an RPG. That's just it. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an imposter, guys. I'm sorry that I've fooled you this so long. Um, no, I've never played an RPG where you're not somehow the meant to save the world, right? So that's fine. Everyone gets a pass on that because... That's just how it rolls. You know, you're some prophecy, whatever. I didn't love the beginning dream sequence with um, Belafoss and whatnot. I thought that was kind of lame. Like, oh, okay. But after that one, once you started running into your dead friends, I did think it picked up. I enjoyed that a lot more. What did you get? Did you guys not like it? You thought it was too too cliche, I guess? Uh, I mean, I didn't really. I, it's not something I hated, but it was. it's like it's nothing really different or special. I don't know, it just, there's nothing about it that stands out that makes it, like, interesting. And that that could be okay if other elements were of the game were great, but in a game that seems to have nothing that stands out, period, it's just, like, it does not help at all. Just yeah. part of the course. There's what nothing about... really driving me to move forward, and, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. So you guys, how much, um, how much are you, like, Forgotten Realms heads? Not love, not that much that at all. Much. Uh, I've read a Driss book. It's not like it's you know it's it's classic high fantasy. It's, I like the kind of funkier worlds like um like Dark Sun or stuff like that. That interests me right. more. So I did get the impression, you know, um, 
I don't I know a little bit about the world and stuff, but I did get the impression that they had a fair number of touches, right? To to bring out details bring out details of Forgotten Realms. You know, little little tidbits for folks that know about that stuff. So if, just from a story and environment perspective, I think I'd give them that at least, you know. I didn't catch a lot of them because I'm not as familiar, you know, like, but there even the first little bit about the dog named Gwen and all that kind of stuff, like, I chuckled. I got a little kick out of that. I did have some positive things to say uh, on the creative end of it. I thought a lot of the characters design of the companions uh, was really good. I don't know. I just thought all the companions were trying not to be stereotypes. The artwork for all the companions I like a lot. I think they have funny concepts, and even some of the writing is kind of clever, but the voice acting and direction is bland enough that that doesn't come across as good as it could have. What did what did you think about the necromancer? I was going to say I, I despised Hamet. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I think he could have been a really good character if it was executed better. You know, I feel like there were some smart people on the creative end, and then a bunch of dopes dragging them down. <laughs> wow. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that the. The cleric was very cliche, like, oh, I know more about the world and I'm going to speak in, you know, vagaries because I'm a cleric. And um, I did like the Yeah, but you had had the bloodthirsty halfling, you had the dwarf. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. The rogue was interesting. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. They didn't stick to the classic archetypes of race and class mixes, um, which seemed like a deliberate choice yeah i liked it Hummets i just sucks, wish though. that the the game system itself had supported some of those choices a little more you know like you have like Hamet. i like Hamet, by the way i thought he was kind of funny him and him and uh larithar the the dwarf guy those are my two favorites but like so you've got this guy who's a necromancer right and in 5th edition, that actually really matters, but in this game it doesn't matter at all. You know, being a necromancer, having a school in 5th ed is probably one of my favorite things that they do with wizards in 5th. They differentiated them. Your choice of school actually gives you a cool, unique ability. It really did so much more than the old, older editions where, oh hey, you just get a plus one to these spells and you can't learn those spells you know it's oh you can re-roll stuff three times a day if you're a definer or eric can get more awesome skeletons and stuff you're necromancer well not in sword coast legends you just you're just a wizard with a funny name and he had his own skill tree though yeah he had his own skill tree but it you couldn't it's everyone really does get necromancer stuff all the time so I don't know. The flavor wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, jumping on the characters, I I don't know. I maybe it is the voice acting, but I was I did not like really any of them. They nothing really came off as super memorable. Rem- memorable to me. Uh, I really really did not like Hamid. I thought a lot of the things he said were uh, trying to make like a random zany funny character, and I felt like they were failing 
spelling up that. So the characters... Uh, God, I hate having to just constantly compare it to the other games, but, you know, Baldur's Gate... They did the it. Dragon they Age. did it. They did it to themselves. Yeah, even Baldur's Gate. Like, yeah. it's just... I felt there was so much... It felt like they just... they It was a checkbox. Like, let's make characters you can talk to in camp that they just had to hit, but didn't really put much into it. Yeah, I um also can remember Jahara and Khalid from Baldur's Gate 1. I do not remember the name of that female dwarf from this game. Is it Jarhield? Okay. So the only one I remember is Hamet because I don't like him in Bellamy because he dies. Spoilers! Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Jeez, whoa. We're going to be editing that, that out. I'll cut that out, fine. Wow. Can we talk about that, though? He dies because... super... I feel like that was kind of like, whoa, look at the stakes. One of your friends is dead already. This is the last time... <laughs> a... The last time someone will die in this game that means anything, because it's in a cutscene. I mean, like, can you can't save him, right? No, I don't no. think so. Maybe he comes no. back later on or something. He but... runs off on his own in the worst way possible because i my character like was all about killing just as much as him and getting revenge for my friends yeah, yeah, and he still so. ran off on his own yeah. I was like, what? wait for me bellamy i'm with you nope yeah i was super yeah, confused a, about that there's a conversation where it's like uh hey i'm gonna go kill these guys and the npcs are saying bellamy maybe you shouldn't they look tough and you can say, yes, we should gather our resources, or, yeah, let's go kill him. And I also said, yeah, let's go kill him, but he just <laughs> runs off by himself. Did anyone, did anyone actually, like... Did you reload? Try, try, to, try to tell him not to go? Because I was like, yeah, let's go murder some people. Uh, I also wanted revenge for the... Yeah, maybe that's how you save him. <laughs> Show restraint. It, it wasn't like... <laughs> any enemies up into that point had threatened us at all no not whatsoever yeah, or any point after that actually <laughs> let's talk about the other big big part of this game modules the multiplayer so um to date at this moment there is something like 1200 modules that you can download you can have characters go to different locations you can have them talk to npcs but there are a lot of limitations that one would not expect there to be the most egregious of which i think is that there are no branching dialogues with any characters the only mm -hmm. things you can say to characters are we accept i don't even remember the other one it's called like i think it's no maybe later no maybe it's, later like I, so I don't want to do this right now there's no reason to ever hit that button so <laughs> i don't remember it and like there's no way to kill it, the, there is literally no difference between module A and module B as a result of that, I think. Yeah. From a story perspective, at least. Maybe you're, oh, yeah. you're cooking different monsters, but there's no difference. Well, I mean, people still design their own stories, and they try to do the best they can with the tools they're given. But the tools they're giving are sorely lacking. And it's super disappointing to have a great idea in your head, and then... <laughs> what ends up is nothing like it because it's just not possible. It honestly makes me think, like, I, I was thinking about this a lot after I designed a module. Like, do they, did they expect this lack of ability to actually put role-playing in your module you designed to be kind of substituted by a live DM playing? <laughs> because 
that's my only guess and how they could maybe they really thought everyone would come together and play full groups of dms mm -hmm. and like live role play as they played but even then that would be extremely difficult to do to the point where like just learn roll 20 is there any way for dms to communicate in game via voice chat with players i don't remember that that's a good point we were on we were on separate. We were on yes. Chat. We were on Skype. Alex, is there a way for? Do you remember? I know. I mean, there is in-game voice. I, you know, like I said, we never tried, and I've never played with strangers, a, like a stranger TM. Yeah. I did some stranger games, <laughs> uh, just doing like stranger dungeon team. crawls and modules without a DM, but no stranger DMs. Vegas, are you thought your thoughts on modules? Uh, I think they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, think, we I think they're working on it. I mean, if you look at the patches they've released since the game came out, they're expanding the abilities of you to edit modules, and they're, uh, they have plans to expand that further. But, you know, by the time they get around to it, mm -hmm. nobody's going to be playing this game. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a really great I point. Think, man, they really shot themselves in the foot, honestly, with all the press. And we really... We really messed up being so excited about the game based on all of the reviews and pre-release press that they got at all these crazy awards and everything. So that's on us for getting too hyped up. But when Dan Touch said in an interview that he told the uh, developers that until they could make... When he told them, if you can't make the Last Mines, Lost Mines of Fandelver, right? If you can't make the starter set in the DM tool... You're not done. When he said that, and then they released something that definitely could not do that at all. What the hell? Just don't say that, though. You know, like, release it and then update it. But at this point, it's, let me fulfill the promises I made before the game came out instead of, let me give you cool stuff that's even better than what came out. And that's frustrating. But, I mean, the game overall, I feel like it just really feels like it was released too soon. Like, they must have been rushed out the door. That's, that's really my, my final guess here. With, between the fact that they were doing delays, you know, a week before the original September release date for a month, like, they must have really been pushed hard, and they they came out with this, you know, unfinished product that really just, unfortunately, like, the damage is done. I disagree. It was finished. It just wasn't what they said. Like, it wasn't super buggy. Like, yeah, maybe we had some bugs, but, like, I wouldn't say, to me, unfinished means, like, super buggy like can't do a lot of stuff like the state it was in was like a done game it just wasn't the game they said they were gonna i mean but yeah, it's, well, it wasn't feature about... complete as promised as far as i'm concerned that means you're not a done game either i the reason i'm saying it's not a done game is because like the state of the game was released 10 days later like and they it's basically they're putting in all the stuff that people expected you know at the initial release it seems like this should have been a game that was like an early access. I don't know what that pertains or how you have to do that on Steam, but if this was released with the early access tag, and as oh my goodness, I just, I'm throwing Alex, stuff. I'm so mad. Uh, if this was released with the early access tag, right? If people bought it, say the initial early access was what came out two months ago, like no mm -hmm. one would be complaining about it. They'd be like, "Oh man, this is on track to being a good game." This is on track, or maybe not a good game. <laughs> this is on track to finally meeting what you know they said they'll accomplish. We're gonna have that you know editor that you know is gonna give us that story. 
but they didn't. They said it was a full release, and it just felt completely lacking and like it was missing what everyone had been talking about it was going to have. I don't think the developers are happy with it either. I mean, no, I can't no imagine they are. I'm just going to throw say this that. out there. I'm just going to throw this out there, Vegas. No developer is ever happy. <laughs> yeah. So just as a side note, it's never good enough, ever. So you can you better believe that they are sitting there like, oh man, I wish we'd done this. <laughs> but you yeah. never have the time or the money to make what you really want. I mean, I'm glad they're still working on patches and things. Uh, I don't know from a financial standpoint whether that makes sense or not for them. I don't know. Maybe you ha- might have a better idea of that, Greg. I really I have no idea about like what kind of deals they have with wizards and what their income streams like, what the investor stuff is like. I have no idea. You know, maybe this was all included as part of their funding plan and their project plan. I don't know. It's really that seems really like super developer specific. But yeah, did did wizards push this to come out earlier? Did they say you have to release it by a certain time? What is the plan? Like, are they going to release, like, a crap ton of mini DLC in, like, three months after Community Pack 3 is done or something? Like, hey, look, now you can get a Beholder. Now you can get some dragons. Tile sets, yeah. Tile sets. I wonder, that to me is going to be really interesting, and it's going to, that would probably make me really not like this game. Yeah. It happened. Maybe that's unreasonable, but I don't know. They said some things. They said they were going to release some things that, that didn't happen they're trying to fix that now hey that's cool i think if you just looked at this game all by itself and you didn't like hey it's a D game hey they can't pray themselves never winter hey they said they could you could you better be able to make the lost minds of fandelver if it's not done if you just didn't know any of that stuff and you just played this game i think it'd be pretty fun but uh, but all those things are true i think i would rather play dragon age inquisition yeah, or or Dragon Age Origins. Or... Yeah, I, yeah, like everything I've been talking about, like it's disappointing that its dungeon stuff wasn't complete, which was the unique feature. Uh, it also kind of that's me disregarding the fact that as a game, I really don't. Yeah, like I it. think their design is flawed. I think their design is is a step backwards in terms of uh, what's expected. I mean, I think it's just inferior RPGs. to product, other products. Yeah. I mean, you are comparing the two games that that Rudy listed. I wouldn't say that's apples to apples. This is a develop. This is a much smaller development studio versus like EA backed, you know. So uh, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to beat them in their huge high budget production value, which is why that dungeon master thing should have been their key design uh, killer feature. Yeah, yeah. You have right? to do something that unique. That was separating this. I feel like it's just this is there's just like all this disappointment just built up in this podcast. It's coming out. It's coming out. Yeah, well, there was a lot of hype behind it. We all are guilty of falling into that hype. Yeah, I mean, that's what it really comes yeah. down to. And I think that's why a lot of people felt so strongly about this game is because it's like, oh, it's the it's the coming of the D and D game here renewed. It's gonna finally answer, you know. All of those hopes and dreams you had about what a D&D game could be. And we all bought into that hype. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you could have ignored all that stuff and you didn't know, here, any of that hype, I think it'd be like, oh, you know, this is a decent little game. You know, it's kind of fun. You got your skill trees, all that kind of stuff. But it's not It's not fifth to me at all. No. You know, it doesn't have that DM. And that's actually a great stuff. jumping off it's point. Like, ugh. 
in terms, yeah, and not just it's not fifth, yeah. but like in terms of it being a Dungeons and Dragons games with levels with with your uh, your your classic core abilities scores. Like, did you guys feel like you were making Dungeons and Dragons characters? Did you guys feel like you were? Uh, I mean, from a comic perspective, obviously we've no, we've touched on that a lot. Yeah, no, I the mean, answer the, is no. Period. The world, no, no. But I was also gonna say, I mean, I, I from the start thought, yeah, they need to video game it, and they don't need to, uh, you know, convert an actual dice system into a game. But uh, it's funny because a lot of the complaints I've, I saw early on were people like, "This is nothing like D and D." So I, in a certain extent, I feel like that maybe that was a, a bad decision. You know, by making a game that wasn't that great. You, you lose people who, who are looking for a good tactical RPG. And by not making it D&D, you're losing a bunch of fans that potentially were looking for just a straight D&D uh, conversion. I don't think this point really falls into question. <laughs> I just wanted to say it. And that's the end of that. And I don't even know if that's good of a, that good of a point. So my bad. I, I don't know. I, don't, I think a straight D&D conversion still could work. And, and you could gamify it to some extent. But... Well, it would have to be turned, certainly. It was so different. That's the yeah. thing. It was so different from 5th. Yeah. Like, the skill trees... Not skill trees, the, the power yeah. trees. They're not skills. Like, the straight-up power trees, all the classes just felt the same to me. Like, yeah. yeah. It was oh. such a large departure from anything even recognizable uh, that yeah. it was coming from TNT. And I mean, like, I get... Hey, these abilities are D and D abilities. Well, there's there's some fourth ed D and D abilities. Oh, whatever, close enough. But like, you know, the the trappings were there. Some of the set dressing for D and D. Oh, look, it's in Forgotten Realms. Oh, look, you've got the names of the things that make sense. But I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. character stats are there. Something that I feel like they could have really used were skills. Yeah. Besides search and lockpick, uh, that could have conversation really added. Skills. Conversation skills, even just, I don't know, throw in what? skill checks randomly for stuff. Like, that would bring up some D&D memories, or at least, like, make people think of the actual pen and paper game. If you, I don't know, maybe you've, you're walking around and there's a cliff somewhere, and if your character has a high athletic skill, they can climb it and get to a new area. Yeah. Like, I think of the terrible yeah, Dungeons & Dragons Online, which one of the few compliments people gave was, Oh, there's a dungeon master narrating, or I can do you know checks for traps. You know, people like that little stuff. Yeah, and people who uh, are trying, you know, maybe someone who hasn't played Dungeons and Dragons in a long time, uh, will launch their game and have some memories of it instead of this, you know, video gamed version. You know, they they ditched all of the D and D elements, and I don't think it was a good decision because what they ended up was, was poor. I mean, it did feel, you know, uh, flavor-wise, it felt like a D&D world to me. Uh, mechanically, not at all, but, um, <laughs> you know, the the races were there, and it was a Forgotten Realms world, um, so I wouldn't criticize that aspect of it, uh, but, yeah. Not fun like D&D. <laughs> Guys, how come this game wasn't fun? <laughs> I don't know, man. Wouldn't that have been awesome if this game was fun? It would have been super awesome. I don't care if it's not a perfect conversion of D&D. I just want it to be fun. Yeah, it just came off as a bad game. 
Oh God, I feel like I'm mumbling so much and rambling so much in this podcast. Right uh, I mean, we got a lot of thoughts on it, and unfortunately, and I also I feel like the tone of this podcast is so down. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's very down. Yeah, I mean, at least when we're reviewing the like 1993 games, if they're bad, it's kind of amusing. Yeah. But this is just sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we've done. I mean, how it's been like a year since we started this, yeah. right? I feel like. This was the hardest game to get myself to play. Motivate myself to play? To actually play? Yeah. Why do you think this one was delayed like a month and a half? Because Vegas like, moved. We... Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But even not. then, we I was You're super happy. It's been... Stronghold. It's the Stronghold at least had like a nostalgia value. Or at least like what are they trying to do here? Like the Stronghold was there was this game is just like it's just like nothing is good about it. It's just like a worse version of other games I've played. Like generic characters and generic story. Like there's nothing about it that made me say like, yeah, this will be cool. Like this, this there was nothing to look forward to in it to me. It I think it was and I'm not saying it's the worst game. I'm just saying it's the game that I was least interested in taking any time out of my day to start and play. Yeah, I I agree with you uh mm. 100% Al. Uh just didn't want to play it uh which is a pretty harsh criticism of a 40 dollar game well i think that that's a good uh lead into recommendations we have alex we have vegas's that's a pretty clear no from both of them greg uh would you recommend this game to our listeners our dungeons and dragons fan listeners i would not am i okay sorry i thought it was muted um i would not probably recommend this game to our listeners i want to recommend this game to our listeners because i want it to be the game that i thought it was going to be but i don't know maybe like on a on a good discount sale might be worth it uh to be on a little more positive note it is something i would keep my eye on uh just to see if like they do continue updating it yeah you know preferably for free i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend the game that came out on October 20th. I might recommend the game that they're making now. But I don't know what that game is yet. They've definitely addressed some of our original concerns that we had. So I'm hopeful that they'll continue to to go big, I guess, essentially. Yeah. Who knows how long it'll continue to be made and what the actual final product will look like. But I guess there's some potential still left. Yeah, maybe it'll be tapped into. Yeah, I'm I'm um, gonna agree with the rest of you guys. I I would not recommend this game. Uh, I I don't know what else to say. Alex put it perfectly. There are better games out there that are just like this, and you should play them instead. And at this point, Dragon Age Inquisition is probably the same price as uh, as this game at forty dollars. Um, if you are interested, like like Greg has said, wait. But by the time the game that we want comes out, uh, in terms of features, there might not be anybody left playing, like Vegas said. Assuming you want to play the multiplayer, which is the most interesting thing about it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hate playing with other Yeah, I don't know if you want to play with randos. The modules. I could conv- convince you guys to play again, maybe. Maybe the modules, yeah. The modules are the most interesting thing yeah. about it. If yeah. people can make good modules... That hey, are, but it, will there be anyone making the modules? Chris Perkins. Yes, Hello. I was playing his module. module. It was just oh, like... What did you think? 
It was just like there were three quest givers in town. I took a quest and I went to the different places that each one gave them. Even Chris Perkins yeah. can't bend the in-game. Yeah. Dungeon wow. editor. It is what Honestly, it is. Honestly, that the fact the fact that you said that is the biggest indictment of the teenagers <laughs> that they have now. If the king of DMs cannot make something compelling, then it's not possible in that system. That's my opinion. Boom. Yeah. The king of DMs who's being paid to make something compelling. Yeah. That's true. I feel like this game's a perfect candidate for a uh, Steam free weekend down the line. So That's a good point. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. And they got to find a way to get more interest into it if they fix it. No better mm. product. So. So, Alex, I was, we were playing through the single player campaign and we were on a quest. And uh, in the quest, we took an NPC, a fifth, fifth party member, so to speak, came with us. He would follow, he would us, follow us around. And so we went into like this tomb and uh, we wiped. You know, it was one of the ones that was difficult in, in terms of. It was like 13 guys. Yes. And we wiped. But our companion was unkillable. So he remained up being like gang beaten down by 13 guys. But he himself couldn't do no damage against the enemies. So we were stuck, the screen said, all party members have died, just watching a little dwarf get beat on by, like, 13 vampires. And uh, that was it. There was nothing we could do. We had to exit the menu and lose our save progress, which there wasn't much at that point. But it's just like, what? How could this happen? This is a very silly bug that should not be happening. Um, So, yeah, just another... And, Greg, you know, to your point, they did squash. There's not a lot of things that stand out like that, but this is another... You know, notch on the bad game belt, I guess you could say. Uh, anyway, enough about this game. Enough about this. For the love of God, enough about this game. No, no. Next month, we're going to do another. No, we're not. Though, right? No, we're not. <laughs> on patch. patch this is now D&D SCL. I would. D&D. No, I don't think anybody wants that. Um, recommend me another game that you've been playing that you like. Uh, I've got the perfect antidote to Sword Coast Legends. Ooh, big words. Uh, it, it's... It's the game I have been playing instead of it, Wasteland 2, um, which I backed on Kickstarter a year or two ago and then forgot about. Uh, I just started playing uh, a few weeks ago, and it's Wasteland was a computer RPG, sort of a predecessor to Fallout. Um, totally. takes place in a post-apocalyptic world, and you control a party of desert rangers, Um and it's a turn-based tactical game. Uh, it, it's basically everything I wanted Sword Coast Legends to be. Um, there's multiple ways to complete quests. Uh, you control your party tactically in combat. Uh, skills are just as important as combat abilities because um, you use a lot of skills outside of combat, and it's really fun. So I would recommend Wasteland 2 to everybody. Neat, Excellent. Neato. Great choice. Yeah. That was one of the first big Kickstarter games and it really caused this renaissance of Kickstarter games that then uh, died horribly. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Renaissance. A quick, a quickly ruined renaissance that was burned to the ground. Uh, Greg, can you recommend me a game? I think everyone who's going to play Fallout 4 is already playing Fallout 4. So in the spirit of recommending something a little different... Uh, I was actually just playing today a game called Out There Somewhere. It's kind of a cool little side scroller. They 
there's lots of puzzles involving a teleport gun. So you shoot your projectile and wherever it hits, you go there. But you can do like timing jumps and everything. It says it's inspired by Cave Story, Super Metroid, Portal. and Portal. Yeah. You play an explorer stranded on a dangerous alien planet. Cool. I don't know. The art style is really cool. I really like the puzzles with the teleport gun. Even in the hour or so that I was playing, I discovered some some new things. They do a good job of introducing you to the concepts pretty organically. So um, I'm excited to play some more out there somewhere. Check it yeah, out. it looks like a retro 2D portal. It looks real neat. That's a pretty good elevator pitch. And uh, it's actually been 3.6 hours that you've played, Greg, so time must fly when playing that one. No, I mean, you got to idle for Yeah, hours. I was going to say, yeah, you probably on, left Marty. your computer on or something. You new to Steam? Yeah. yeah. All right. But an hour or so of actual playtime, and it was a lot of fun so far. Alex, what would you recommend our listeners check uh, out? Maybe this is a little bit of a, a lame answer, uh, but I've had a disappointing month of RPG playing. Uh between this game, where I, I really felt like I wasn't, I didn't have many options in the story to play my character, and uh, Fallout 4, which though I enjoy the game, is a awful RPG experience, I think. So I'm gonna go with a old standby, which is Fallout 2. Ooh, very uh, nice. Which was on sale for like two bucks on Steam when uh, when Fallout 4 came out. So that's funny that Vegas recommended Wasteland 2, but. Man, just just when it comes to like making a character and feeling like you can be that character and just approaching quests in different ways, Fallout Two and just making a difference in like a world, Fallout Two is just so great and it's also a pretty good turn-based uh, combat game as well. So, honestly, one of my favorite parts about mm-hmm. playing Fallout Four is it made me really want to play Fallout Two again. And there we go. I will wholeheartedly endorse anyone who ever recommends Fallout One or Two. Those games are amazing. Yeah. I like one as well, but uh, two, I think, is... Uh, is the yeah, Fallout 4 say. came out and said, this is a game that will be reminding you of Fallout 2. That would have been dumb. Six, uh, they okay. play the yeah. Fallout 2 music in some... or The music I most remember from Fallout 2. Uh, like the main town you're in, and that just immediately made me want to quit and reinstall the game. So thanks, Fallout 4. <laughs> I am going to recommend a game called Helldivers. This was recently ported from PS4. It is a uh, top-down cooperative twin-stick shooter that is... uh, The story is almost completely lifted from Starship Troopers. Um, Your characters have guns similar to Starship Troopers. You can call in drop-down mechs and vehicles similar to Starship Troopers. And to fight giant bugs like Starship Troopers. No, the mechs are not in the movie, sir. No, but you said you fall down and you have guns, which means it's not like the book. Yeah, it's not like the book. Oh, yeah. It's like a combination of both of them, okay? Yeah. It's the overall (laughs) Starship Troopers experience. Uh, Anyway. Look at that. um, It is super fun. I was so excited that this game came to PC because I thought it was going to be on PS4 only. And I am having a blast with it so far. Uh, controller, 100% recommended. But if you are a guy who likes Starship Troopers... Also, it is entirely friendly. Like, the whole thing is friendly fire. So, uh, it's never been more fun to accidentally throw a grenade at Alex and say that the cyborgs did it. Or whatever. Uh, oh, I knew it! <laughs> yeah, of course you did. 
Anyway, Helldivers. Oh, I wish I had a copy so I could blow a balance, uh, too. There you go. Someone gift Greg a copy. Um, no, don't do that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for being on the podcast. Where can people reach you if they would like to tweet, I don't know, positive things about Sarkos Legends at you? You can hit me up on Twitter. That's probably the best place, honestly. I am at NTS underscore QPOP. That's QPOP. That's me. Um, I'm always down to chat about these reviews. Like I said, I think this game could have been a lot more fun if I wasn't already predisposed to not liking it because it didn't have the things they said it was going to have. You can follow me on Twitter at yo underscore Alex Basso. Basso is B-A-S-S-O. Yeah, you can tweet me about the game. Boy, I guess. Right? Sure. Right, guys? No one listens to this, so it doesn't matter. Don't Uh, worry. If someone tweets me, I will respond. I don't know. if Have I been tweeted? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Vegas Lancaster. Vegas, like the city, and Lancaster, like the uh, less popular city. Uh, I love it when he says that. And you can uh, follow me or tweet at me at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. Hey, check out Alex and mine's YouTube channel. It is called Game O'Clock. Sometimes we put stuff up on it. Uh, we've been playing a lot of Battlefront lately, so there's some Battlefront videos. Join us next month. We'll be playing Dungeons & Dragons Heroes, a four-player cooperative beat-em-up. It was released for the original Xbox. You could say the first Xbox if you want. Uh, Xbox One is not the right term. Yeah, don't, don't say, say Xbox, Xbox One. one. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We will see you next month. Join us next month. We'll be discussing Birthright, the Gorgon's Alliance, which is definitely... Let's play the other one.